Good morning. Good morning online. Go with me for a quick second. I want to know who the intercessors are in the room. And I just want to know if you've been praying about the weather. It's just something the Lord and I are talking about today. So uh, if it's on your heart, Am I the only one? Am I the only one who prays about weather, prays about a parking spot? Were you guys not taught that? I was, oh man, I tell you what, that was a thank you. You know what I'm talking about when you pray for a parking spot. Favor finds you. So those of you who are praying for the weather, if you would. Thank you. Thank you. Bring us some Southern California heat. Come on, somebody. Um, since we're already on this track, can you do me the favor? I, I was going to say it's a little not spiritual, but it absolutely is because we're giving honor to whom honor is due. In case you didn't know, and I'm not gonna look because he's already, I already feel the vibes because he knows where I'm going. So I'm just gonna look this way or look at DJ for full confidence and hide behind DJ because it'll be fine. Today is Pastor's birthday. I know, I know. Just 59, here it is. And if you hate everything, it is because of Derek. I'm just, it's Derek's fault. Hi Derek, we love you. Bring in the fish, my friend. It's all Derek's fault. So can you guys do me a quick favor? Can we just sing to our pastor and just, it's, it's what Derek requested. It's what Derek requested. Okay, on the count of three. One, two, three. We love you so much. And again, Derek Wall, feel free to call him if you hated every part of it. Um, we're just going to blame Derek because he's not here. Um, okay. Thanks. Bring it back. If, in case you don't know, my name is Becky. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I have a couple announcements, and then we're going to get right into what the Lord is doing. Um, Pastor Angelo is going to be here this afternoon, right after service a little bit. Um, to go over with anyone who is looking on wanting to get involved, what we have going on different service places and who we are, what we believe. So feel free to join us after service in here. He's going to be doing that for us. And then as, as you, if you've been following along and if you haven't, we have um, YouTube and podcasts that you can jump on to get back onto the series that we're doing. Uh, Pastor right now is in a series that's talking about trauma. My brain goes trauma, baby, as a mental health professional. Um, and so going, thinking about that in um, going into worship, um, I know for myself, I had already felt a little, a little anxious and I had to remind myself that man, the battle belongs to him. So let me give you practical steps, right? It's, it's the mental health professional in me. Let's give you some practical steps. Recognizing areas in your life that you are still trying to strive by your own strength. The Lord knows I'm notorious. And take a minute and pray to surrender to the Lord. Another practical step is we're gonna give thanks to God through worship. Even if your circumstances still feel overwhelming, remember the cross, remember the resurrection, and remember the victory we are invited to. So why don't you stand with me? And take a second and we're gonna remember who the battle belongs to because my goodness, he's already handled it. We get to see a different side of his face every time. 
So let me pray over you. Jesus, I thank you that the battle indeed belongs to you. Father, I pray for every person in here that they're gonna take a second and put you in your rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. You are the healer. This side of heaven, you indeed are still the healer. We love you so much, Jesus. The battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, fam, let's worship. Heaven 
for those of you if you don't know when we sing when we say the word holy it's divine it's uh, described as something that is divine devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity which is like the holy temple and the prophets and when we sing holy we're saying that we're exalting him above all things showing our complete devotion so if you're sitting here saying, why are we stuck on holy? It's because our hearts and our minds are making this connection. Showing our complete devotion to who he is. If you're new with us, we take this time every Sunday to do an extension of our worship in the form of our giving. And I want to read a scripture to you really quick. First Timothy 6. And it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I'm going to read it to you again one more time. Verse 18, it says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The reason why we sing these songs, the reason why we do extensions of worship is because we are laying a foundation that maybe we will not see this side of heaven. And us as believers have to learn how to be okay with that in all things, not just in our giving, but in how come I didn't experience the healing or how come this happened or where was my dad as some of us are, might be very triggered on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to those of you who are here. We give because we're laying a foundation, because he's good, because he's holy. So if you choose, not because I have said something, but because the Lord has um, instructed you on what to do, we have a mailbox, a giving box, a website, and a church app. If you need help with any of those things, feel free to find me. Anyone with a tag on, they will direct you on how to do those things. Also, um, if you had missed last week, Pastor had talked about how we, um, for the whole uh, rest of, I think up until July, is that right? Correct me if I'm wrong, that we are still doing... Um, we are going to be generous givers to a part of our family that are not here but are online. We love you so much, Katie, um, to the whole Paws family. Um, be praying for them as well. Um, if for some reason giving is not something that you can do, be praying. That is the one thing uh, that Katie is so grateful for and thankful for. And we see you and we love you. So let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you are our firm foundation. Father, I thank you that you are teaching us to be a people who live generously in our deeds and our time and with our riches because you indeed are holy. You indeed are divine. So Father, today I ask that you continue to make us like you in all of your ways. Thank you for the dads that are here. Father, continue to make them more like you. Thank you for the grandpas who are here. Continue to make them more like you. We're so grateful 
We're grateful for the men who stayed. We're grateful for the men who didn't have to and chose to. Bless them today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's keep worshiping. Hey! 
is true. Here's this church, Lord. Here's your church, Lord. Here's your church, Lord. Come speak what is true.
His name is freedom. His name is love. So call on Him. His name is power. His name is freedom. His name is love. His name is power. His name is freedom. His name is love. Call on Jesus. His name is power. His name is freedom. His name is love. It's time to stop living as a victim. It's time to start living in victory. That's why we follow Jesus Christ. Not so that you can live a life as a loser, but live life in winning. Trusting Him, relying on Him and His greatness. He is greater. He is greater. He is greater than whatever's going on in your life. He is greater. But I can preach it and say it as loud as I want. We can sing it as much as we want. You got to believe it and start living it. Heavenly Father, I just pray for those here today. This week has kind of defeated them, maybe a little bit. Maybe they came in here just dragging without hope. Maybe they've been lamenting. It's time to start living. That's why we call upon you, God, because you, you are greater than whatever's going on in our lives. Even if nothing's going on in our life, you're still greater than me. We want to hear from you today, God. We need to hear from you today, God. Open our ears that we might hear and our eyes that we might see just how amazing you are. We love you, God. In Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Y'all may be seated. Unless you want to stay at the altar, you're welcome to do that too. You're not going to bother me. If I trip and fall over you, that's just me being an old man who's crippled. I extended the series one week because I don't think everybody got what I was trying to say last week. And that's not fault of yours. That's fault of mine. And I'm not sure this is going to answer your questions either. But I'm going to read a passage of scripture out of Lamentations. And then we're going to have a little conversation. Then we're going to get into a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. We're going to be kind of be all over the place a little bit today. Jeremiah said to God, Lamentations 3, verse 55, I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit, from the lowest place in his life, from the worst situation he's ever experienced. I called upon the name of the Lord, called upon your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear to my cry for help, meaning I'm not going to stop talking to you, God. 
I'm going to keep sharing. I'm, I, I know you're answering, but I'm going to keep talking. You came near when I called on you, and you said, you said, God, you said to me, when I called upon you, when I was in the midst of my trauma, when I was struggling, you said to me, do not fear. What do you really want from God? I just want to know. What do you really want from Him? Love? That's easy because that's who He is. What do you really want from God? Do you want Him to be a genie in the bottle that whenever you have a need, you just rub that genie, that bottle, and the genie pops out and He answers all your three wishes? Because sometimes that's how we treat Him. Do you want him to be that friend that you only call in the time of need? Like the only time you actually communicate with God is when you're in deep need. You ever have a friend like that? They're not good friends. Do you even want him in your life? I mean, really, not just from a religious standpoint or religious experience. Do you really want him in your life? More than fire insurance. Because there's a lot of people that are running around thinking that they're saved, but they just got fire insurance. Or do you want him to just give to your life yeses, but never say no? Do you want that kind of a God? Because God says no a lot to me, so there must be something wrong with me. or something wrong with the faith that we live in. See, I think that's an honest question. What do you really want from God? What do you really want from Him? Because I felt like I gave an answer last week that kind of fell flat. And like I said, it may have been me. See, for God to give His life to you, you must give your life to Him. You can't just use them for your benefit. He's not going to just grant you all your wishes and the only time you need it, the only time you use them is when you need him. Jesus said if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. If you're going to follow Jesus Christ, He gave up his life for you, and he expects you to give up your life for him. But do you? See, I believe that most, oh, I shouldn't say most. My wife tells me that all the time. Don't say most and always. We have those conversations. But I think many people who claim a belief in Jesus Christ think that God revolves around our life, not ours revolving around His. If I could just take one simple thing that I'm seeing in modern Christianity is how any church gathering in America is evidence of that. Rather than obeying Hebrews chapter 10, which says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, even so much the more as you see the, the, the day approaching, we see a falling away. Rather than consistently coming together to worship God and to encourage each other, 
we do what's best for ourselves because that's what a lot of Americans do. Life is about us, right? Rather than honoring his word, humanity twists God's word and depending on the options that we think is most important. Then we decide whether we're going to obey the word of God depending on what's best for us. And we say God will always be there so he doesn't care whether we obey him or not. He, we, he just loves us because that's all God is, right? He's just love. He's not just. He's not righteous. He's not holy. I've actually talked to somebody who said, because God's always there for me, I don't always have to be there for him. God wants to give himself to you, but he expects you to give yourself to him. It's kind of like the marriage with my wife. It would be one-sided if it was all about me, wouldn't it? But I've surrendered my life to her, and she's surrendered her life to me. We have this beautiful relationship where her strengths become my, help my weaknesses, and my strengths help her weaknesses. And my weaknesses are greater than hers. Especially in the last year. <laughs> See, we're dealing with a lot of pride in modern day Christianity today. It's all about us. I even thought about it from the way that we put our song sets together and how I and I've not heard a lot of complaints, so please don't take that as is is something that I'm saying. But worship isn't about what is best for us, it's what's about him. And we organize our song sets on, on a three-point three premise. The first is presence. If Jesus walked in the room, it's not going to be about me. If Jesus walked in the room, we're going to celebrate him. We're going to talk about how awesome he is. If God shows up for church one day, we're not going to be upset because we're not singing songs about me and me and me and me and me. That's what hallelujah was. And then we go into a, the second song is about prayer. What would you say if God really showed up? What would you say to him? Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. It's not about me. It's about what I'm going to give to you. And then there's a proclamation. What are we going to tell? If we've met with God, if we've met with God on a Sunday morning, what are we going to tell people about meeting him? We're going to make a proclamation. He's greater than. I can tell you that he's greater than because he's been greater than in my life. And I know that I'm more messed up than you are. So if he's been greater than, than to me, I think we take on a worldly perspective that everything is about us and we are the created. We're not the creator. And in doing so, so we almost worship ourselves more than we worship him. We come to a, a, a service and if the song set isn't what we like, then we leave the service because it's not our set. If we come to the service and we hear a sermon and it's not just about, I mean, it's not... Like we're dealing with trauma and you're not experiencing any trauma. So this has nothing to do with you. But it does. 
because God can still speak to you, but we think, yeah, it's not about me. I think that's what I love about the trauma that I've experienced in the last year. Because it was my experience, but it was about him. See, trauma exposes the truth. We talked about that, right? Exposes the truth about what we believe about God. You can say you believe in God, but go through some trauma. We'll find out just how much you really believe in him. What you think about him. We can sit in here and say, oh, I love Jesus. Wait till he brings you through some trauma. We'll find out whether you say, I love Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) We find out in trauma what's true about us. You say you have faith, but do you really have faith? Let's bring some trauma into your life. We'll find out whether what you really believe about the Bible. Because I can quote lots of scripture and say it's true, but I can't say the same thing when I'm in trauma. See, I said last week, the trauma, triumph over trauma is to hear the truth of the word of Jesus. But that's not enough. It's not what we're looking for from God. It's not satisfying. You mean I got to go through trauma to experience God? Not always, but a lot of the times we do. See, I think we have a, a situation where we want salvation without suffering. But that's not how it happens. You can't have salvation without Jesus suffering on the cross for you. We want peace without pain instead of peace in pain. Peace without pain is rest. And some of us need some rest. But bring the pain on pain on, and all we want is peace. But he wants to give us peace in the midst of our pain. We want our trauma to leave us instead of the truth to teach us. We fight trauma. We fight negative experiences. We fight people that are troublesome. We are so troubled by trouble that we try to run from it. We seek to cast off any thorns of the flesh that God might give us. We don't want any satanic harassment. Even though we might be lifted up with pride and fall away from God, we don't want that. That's not what we want in our life. We want all the easy things to come to us. We are more content with conceit than we are with Christ. We're more content with it being about us than about Jesus. What if what God has brought you through has been about Jesus and not about you? Would you still be so praiseworthy of giving him honor and glory? See, I see a lot of people are like the rich young ruler. We want to inherit eternal life, but not at the expense of our own life. We want to inherit eternal life, but we don't want to if it's going to cost us our own. Welcome to new life. I'm trying to be positive. I'm saying all this because I feel like there's a a wall between us and God that is here because we don't want to experience anything negative. We have this belief about God that if we trust him, everything's going to be good. It'll be good, but it'll be good for him. 
I love the passage, all things work together for good to those who love God. Yeah, it works together for good, but it might not be good. See, anything that might clarify the voice of God in our life, like trauma, because trauma does clarify the voice of God, is rejected by us. The trauma that was designed by God to bring us closer to Him is often the reason why we're not close to Him. I don't want to follow a God that is going to actually make me trust Him and obey Him and rely on Him. I mean, if it's hard, I don't want to do it. And that's why I'm not going to follow God the same way because it's just too much. So I thought I'd extend the teaching on trauma and traumatize you today. Because it's really simple. God wanted to give himself so much to Paul. He wanted to fill him with wisdom and understanding about God that he couldn't have gotten without the trauma. That the pride would have got in the way. The pride would have stopped him. The pride would have hindered him from hearing clearly from God. So God gave Paul a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to constantly challenge Paul's pride. To humble him so in his humanity he could clearly hear and then articulate the word of God in a way that wasn't about Paul. It was about God himself. What if God's trying to really get you to know him? Is the trauma worth the truth? It's easy to say now. It's easy to say amen to that. I know I've said it. So we're going to look at the Apostle Paul, what Jesus said to the Apostle Paul to see what's applicable to us. To hopefully I can make some sense out of this thing that I've made a mess of, I think. That I want you to understand about trauma. The extended cut. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, we get into that conversation where the Apostle Paul prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to, to leave him. And we talked about how that, that was a lament and it was okay for him to lament. It was all right for him to lament. It was, it was okay. It's okay to call upon God and question what's going on and try to figure out what's going on with him and what's going on in your life. It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to to be upset. But at some point, God's trying to clarify something. He's trying to help you see something that you can't see in the midst of your trauma. And at some point, you have to just surrender your life to him and say, okay, I've lamented. Now tell me the truth. What's going on? And he said to Paul, he prayed three times that this problem would go away, that the trauma would stop. And Jesus said to him, 
My grace is sufficient for you. See, when you're in trauma, what God is offering you is the grace of, his, of himself. His grace. It was Jesus' grace to give you. It wasn't a stranger. It wasn't the church. It was his own grace that he was giving to Paul. It was a part of himself. It was him that he chooses to give away to, to you. He wants you to know him. It's not, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. It's for you, but not from you. It's not about you as much as it's about him. And he's saying, I'm going to give you something from myself. Jesus wants to share himself with you today. Are you with me? Jesus wants to share himself with you. Jesus wants to share himself with you. Jesus wants to share himself with you. My grace, not your grace, not Pastor Andy's grace, not Kayla's grace. The grace of Jesus. Don't you want a little piece of that? That maybe the only way you'll understand it is if you go through trauma and you, you humble yourself and say, it's not about me. Give me something, some part of yourself, Jesus. My grace. Grace is the imparting of his love and favor towards us. It's a spiritual transfer of God's essence to us. It is his love being poured into us and his favor, his love, for, his like, liking of us, I guess is the best way that I can put it. Do you know that Jesus actually likes you? God likes you so much that he's actually given you a soul so you can communicate with him, so you can have a relationship with him. You are better than a dog. Because dogs don't have souls. I know, all dogs go to heaven. That's what the movie teaches. He likes us more than he likes any other part of piece of creation that he, he made. See, when you receive the grace of God, you're getting something that no other cre created being has experienced other than humanity. His grace, His love, His relationship, His care for you. When you're in trauma, that's what you're getting. You're getting Jesus and His love and His favor. We think favor is take it all away. No, no, no. No, if he took it all away, you'd be lifted up with pride and you wouldn't be getting right. Jesus. You'd be getting more of you. My grace is. I broke it down to even the word is. The word is means his love and favor is always available to us. It is. My grace is. For the believer in Jesus Christ who surrendered their life to God through Jesus, his love and favor is now, available now. I don't care what you're going through. His love and favor is available to you right now. Jesus Christ is available to you right now. Well, you don't understand what I'm going through. I understand exactly what you're going through, but that doesn't stop Jesus from being there for you and giving you love and favor that you may not be feeling because of the situation that you're going through. God is for you. God is with you. And it's sufficient. 
This is the part that people aren't going to like. His love and favor is always available and it's enough for the purpose that it's given. It's sufficient. It's enough. Do you know that his grace is enough to fix your broken marriage? I'm not against counseling. I'm just saying if you're trying to counsel without the presence of Jesus, it's just humans trying to put humans back together again. Sorry, I wrote some stuff in here and I can't read my own writing. His grace is enough for a broken body. You don't understand what I'm going through. I do understand what you're going through, but I understand that Jesus' grace is enough. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. It's all you need. You don't need anything else. You just need Him. You need His presence. You need to experience Him. You need to know Him. You need to feel His touch and feel His love and feel His favor over you. It's sufficient for. His love and favor are always available and is enough for the purpose that it's given. Jesus knows what you need. Do you realize that Jesus knows what you need? When you're going through trauma, Jesus knows exactly what you need to survive and thrive in that trauma. He knows exactly what you need. He knows where you need it. He knows how much you need. My grace is sufficient for you. Do you know that God knows your specific situation? Do you know that he knows your temptation triggers? Do you know he understands your love language? And he knows it without the book? I'm not against the book. I'm just saying that he knows. His grace is sufficient for you. For you, for you, for you. You don't understand what I'm going through. I understand what you're going through through him. The question is, are you hearing him? See, you may not have a problem with pride like Paul did, but you may have a problem with lust as David did. God knows what you need for you. You may not be feeling physical problems. You might be feeling mental problems. God knows what's sufficient for you. Maybe you're having physical problems. No, I just said that, didn't I? Skip that part. See, God knows your strengths and God knows your weaknesses. And His grace is sufficient for you. You. If you want to get selfish with God, that's the one place to be selfish with. Jesus says to Paul, like he said to Jeremiah, fear not. And he says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I am enough is what he's saying. I am enough. In the midst of your trauma, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your tribulation, I am enough. I am enough. I'm all you need. 
Do you believe that today? Then are you living that through your trauma that way? Because what I wanted was the pain to go away. Maybe I'm more holy than you. But what I needed is his presence. Because his presence didn't take the pain away. It just gave me clarity in what he was saying to me. My grace is sufficient for you. Why? For my power. Jesus said, for my power. The purpose the, uh, that Jesus gives us is his love and favor in the form of strength. And it's his power. You don't have the power to survive the trauma that you've gone through or you're going through. You don't have the power. If you had the power, you probably wouldn't be in church. You'd probably be out having Father's Day dinner somewhere <laughs> with your earthly dad. Instead, you were all stuck in here with our heavenly dad. <laughs> Help us out again, Lord. See, he gives us a strength we don't have for a weakness that we do. Are you with me? See, without the trauma, you think you're strong, you think you're fine, but bring some trauma in your life, you find out where you're really weak. I thought I was strong until he touched my body and let it break down, and then I realized, I don't know if I trust God the way that I thought I trusted God. See, I didn't think I had a weakness. I knew I had weaknesses, but not a weakness to this degree that would make me question God. He's offering you a strength you don't have for a weakness that you do that you can't see without the trauma, but the trauma brings out the truth. See, y'all can say you trust God. Bring some trauma. We'll find out whether it's true. Amen. Please do not pray for trauma. It's like praying for patience. He'll give it to you. Not the way you like it. For my power, for his power, the power of Jesus Christ himself is made. Meaning it was personally created for you by him. He knows exactly what power you need. The question is, do you know? Do you know the power that you need? Again, that's the purpose of the trauma, to find out where you're weak. To find out where your doubts are. To find out where your depression is coming from. To find out where your weakness are. To humble you to say, I'm not all that. See, his power is made perfect, meaning it's completed. Listen. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect, or it's complete. It's, every, it's everything you need in the box. Have you ever ordered something uh, uh, from Amazon, and it came, and it, you, there's pieces missing? Doesn't that frustrate you? It's not complete. So then you've got this half-complete thing put together in your house that's in the way, and you're waiting for the parts to come. There's no waiting for the parts to come when his power is made perfect. God gives you all you need through Jesus to thrive and survive in trauma. He's a complete power. He's giving you everything to do well with it. 
But we have to understand his power is made perfect in weakness. It's complete, not in our strength, but in our weakness. How many of you can be honest and just say that to him, not to us, that this is a weakness that I have? That this is my weakness? See, how do you know you're weak without trauma to teach you the truth? Again, I'm not saying that go out and ask God to give you trauma. But when it comes, or if it's come already, it's trying to teach you something that you can, couldn't learn without that trauma. How do you know God is true without a trial to test your faith? You can say you believe in God all you want, but wait till the trauma comes. You'll find out whether you really, really believe in him or not, whether he's really true or not. How do you know, you're, how do you know that you're true without a trial to test your faith? How do you know that you're true? See, his power is complete in your weakness. It's precisely all you need because his strength, which was personally created for your need, is all you need to, again, thrive and survive in trauma. But how many of you have gone through trauma and just lamented like Jeremiah and said, I just can't do this. This is too much. What God's trying to do is teach you truth about yourself and about him. Paul summarized what he heard from Jesus. My grace is sufficient for you. That my power is made perfect or complete in your weakness. And this is how Paul understood that. This is how Paul, what Paul did with it. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, For the sake of Christ, so that I would have more of Jesus, so that I would have more of him, so I could live my life in a way that honors him. Not for my own sake, not for the sake of me, but for the sake of Jesus, so that I would honor Jesus, so I'd live for Jesus. I am content with my weaknesses. When was the last time you said that? God, I am so happy that you've given me these weaknesses in my life. I'm content living this way. Paul prayed three times. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made complete in weakness. And Paul said, fine. The way I understand that is then I need to be content with my weaknesses. When was the last time you were content with your weakness? That maybe you experienced something that was horribly traumatic as a child. And you realize that you know God more now because of that than if you... I'm not saying that we invite trauma. I'm saying that we can make sense of trauma. As Becky said earlier, what if, what if you've got father triggers? Do you know your heavenly father is a better father than your earthly father could ever be? 
But you keep hanging on to an earthly father and why he didn't show up. Instead of hanging on to the one who did show up and sacrificed his son for your sins and drew you into a relationship with him. Why aren't you content with your weakness? Because that drew you closer to God than you've ever been before. Because I want my earthly daddy to love me. I get that. And I think that's the right thing to expect. But how long are you going to live there longing for something that God is saying, I'll give it to you. But it's a weakness in my life. Yeah. And it's humbled you to realize that I need God more than I need my dad. Paul understood it by saying, I will not defend myself when insulted. I am content with weaknesses, insults. It amazes me how many people are dying because of being insulted on the road. Road rage. Because somebody cut you off. I said I was sorry. That's a blanket statement. I'm an old man. Next time you see me driving down the road and I cut you off, I'm just going to tell you I am sorry. I have this habit right now of pulling out in front of people. I don't know why that's happening. It's just old age. I just wave and say, forgive me. I'm not going to defend myself when I, when I insulted them and they flip me off and make me feel like I'm this horrible person. Why can't I defend myself? Because there's no defense. Paul understood it as I surrendered my life to hardship. The hardship is a part of life. That's why so few people are serving God in ministry now because it's hard to do. It's hard to do ministry today. It's always been hard, by the way. Sometimes your life is just hard. And it just seems like it's always hard. I've told my leadership team several times, I just want a year, just a year. Just a year of peace. Just a year, that's all I ask for. I'm not asking for a lot. I've been in this for 25. I just, could 26 be that year? Maybe 27. No, no, no. I realize that what I'm doing is, is, from a spiritual standpoint, is a battle. It's a war. And I've surrendered my life to that, meaning that hardship is what, it, what Christianity is about. Why do we want Christianity to be so easy? Because we want to make it about ourselves, not about him. Paul understood it as surrendering his life to hardship. Paul understood it as putting up with persecutions. Do you know if you really follow Jesus, especially if you go through trial and you put a smile on your face, people will persecute you for having a smile in your trial? They'll want you to be unhappy like they're unhappy? Paul says, I'm just going to put up with the persecution. I'm going to put up with people. When I, when I live by faith, when I trust God, when I serve him, even in the midst of my trial, I'm not going to let them persecute me, try to make me feel guilty. And he said calamities. I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. 
That's Paul saying, I want to be tried by trauma. I want trauma to be a part of my life because it's going to keep me humble. It's going to keep me needing God. It's going to keep me relying on Jesus Christ himself. I knew this wasn't going to go over well. Following Jesus is not easy. But it's not because things are hard. It's because I'm so filled with self and pride that I make it hard. Because I want everything to be easy because I want it all to be about me. I'm probably the only one. See, this trauma was a mark of the biblical disciples who were willing to suffer for the sake of Christ that they might know him. See, one day we're going to stand before the Almighty and the trauma you experience will become a topic of conversation. And it's going to be a test by God to see how genuine your faith is. And some of you are going to be just, you're just, you're going to be like me and you're going to say, I didn't want the trauma in my life. I ran from it. I wanted things to be easy. So I lived for me. But some of you are going to stand before him and we're going to be in awe over the things that you went through but still gave glory to Jesus Christ. That it wasn't your strength that was honored in heaven. It's going to be his strength that you received through his grace because you trusted him more than you trusted yourself. And the things that you were tried by proved the truth that you really do believe in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, 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 that we suffer with Him, in order that we may be glorified with Him. Paul said, For I consider the suffering of the present time not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We want out of trauma. We want out of trouble. We want out of trial. We want out of tribulation. We are doing everything we can to keep ourselves away from anything that might actually reveal Jesus Christ in us. I am not saying go out there and create trauma. I'm saying when you do, you will find that he will speak to you and he will say, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And you can say, then I'd rather have the weakness than the strength, than my strength. See, God wants to give that to you, but you've got to give you up. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross every day. 
and follow me. See, trauma teaches truth, and the truth leads us to triumph, the voice of God, and the triumph is Jesus. How much Jesus is in you? Is His grace enough for what you're going through? Is Him having... Is Him being present in you enough for you to triumph over your trauma? Is He enough? He's trying to tell you that His presence is all you need to power through whatever tough time you're going through. And I know that's hard, and that's why I wanted this series to end on a happy note. That you're never going to go through any trauma. Or that you're just going to have victory someday. Your victory might not come until you meet him in heaven. But is that a reason to not surrender your life to him today? He is greater than the mountain that's in front of you. He is greater than the trial you're going through. He's greater through the the trauma that you've experienced. But we are so afraid that the trauma is going to destroy us that we don't lean into Jesus. We're so afraid that the trauma is going to make us uncomfortable. That we hold on to trauma instead of lamenting it and leaving it for Jesus. Let's pray. Let's stand. Father, I don't wish trauma on anyone in the room. I don't wish anyone to go through anything difficult or hard or tough, painful. I don't wish anyone to suffer. But just being alive on this planet, those things are going to happen. And I can either do it with your presence or I can do it in my presence. I don't have the strength to survive trauma on my own. I don't have the power to get victory over difficult circumstances going on in my life. I can't heal myself. I need you, Jesus. It is your grace, it is your love, it is your favor that's enough for me. And it is my weaknesses that only show how powerful you are. I want to be content with my weaknesses. I want to be content with desperately needing you every day of my life. 
And if it takes trauma to humble me, then I will make sure that I surrender myself to that. I'm going to pray three times, Lord. Maybe 30 times, maybe 300. It depends on how I feel that day. But at the end of the day, I'm going to trust that you are going to speak to me and tell me to fear not because you're with me. Father, in this room are people, some of them are going through struggling marriages right now. And they can't make any sense of it. And you're trying to tell them that your grace is sufficient. You're trying to tell them that your power is made complete in, in their weakness. You're trying to move them to be content with your presence and your power instead of their own. Some are going through something physically in the same situation. Their body's broken, their body's hurting, their body's suffering. And you're trying to speak to them, to tell them that your grace is enough, that your power is made perfect, it's completed in their weakness. Father, there's other traumas. There's father trauma. There's mama trauma. And all you're trying to do is reveal yourself to them and you're trying to get them to hear your voice. You want them to know you in the power of your resurrection. Father, if they would just open their ears up today to hear from a loving God, then their trauma can have a season of lament, but they can leave it for a season of victory. But that victory is going to happen in you, and they got to surrender to that. they got to surrender to their, their lives to you today. Father, I can't take it any long, any farther. I can't take them any closer than this. Speak to them, please. Let them know you're there for them. Let them know that you're everything they need to survive whatever they've gone through, or whatever they're going through, or whatever they're going to go through. Father, I especially pray for Katie today. Keep letting her know that you're there for her. Keep letting her know that you're available and that her weakness is only a weakness to her, not to you. Give her your strength today. 
Help her to understand the need to surrender her life to you so that you will be glorified in all that is done through her. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If the Lord's touched your heart this morning, maybe you're fighting the trauma that you're experiencing. God's trying to speak to you and you're just wanting to live in lament. Maybe today's the day you want to leave it for the Lord. Give your life up for God. So that you might know Him. Lord, just touch your heart today. You want to come and you want to surrender your life to Him today. Come to this altar. You want to surrender your trauma, whatever you've experienced, whatever your pain that you've experienced. It's time to lift it up and to let His grace be sufficient. It's time for you to let Him be your strength. It's time to humble yourself before God. deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him or you might be struggling with whether his grace is enough is it not enough to be loved by God and to be favored by him that his son would say to you my grace is sufficient Is it not enough to receive the power to survive your trauma through Jesus? That He is your strength? That He is your shield? That His word is your sword? as we close this out today. Take any of the errors in my words. Clarify them through your spirit. Help them to draw close to you at this time. All you're trying to do is give yourself to us God's people said. Guys, have a happy Father's Day. Please don't forget your kids. Love you. See you next week.